Mr. Blanc, I know who you are. I read your profile in The New Yorker. I found it delightful. I just buried my 85-year-old father who committed suicide. Why are you here? Shh, it's the film flamers. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers, and it's time for us to bring you December's Hot Take episode. That's right, we both went out and saw Knives Out. And I saw Knives Out just, um, I don't know, I left the theater about an hour at the time of this recording, about an hour ago. Okay. So it's, um, it's insanely fresh in my brain. Okay. Very hot take for you. I saw it a couple days ago with my, with the fam who flew in to see me for Thanksgiving. You saw it on Thanksgiving proper, right? Yes, I believe I did, yes. Well, um, why don't we just dive right in? So for those of you who haven't seen the barrage of advertising for this particular movie, Knives Out is a murder mystery whodunit sort of in the vein of Agatha Christie, and it focuses on the death of a old mystery novel writer right after his 85th birthday party played by christopher Plummer, captain von trapp himself that's right and he is among some pretty big names in this movie i think that's one of the better things this movie has going for it is this huge list of you know household name actors oh definitely uh i love seeing jamie lee curtis although i wish there was more of her Yes. And of course, Chris Evans uh, is trying to kind of slough off his Captain America persona to some of his older, more mischievous roles that he'd had. And we even get some favorites thrown in there like Tony Collette and Michael Shannon and a pretty big return of Don Johnson. So, I mean, that's apparently why Jamie Lee Curtis uh, wanted to join the show so much is because of Don Johnson. No, <laughs> because of Michael <laughs> Shannon. She thinks he's oh. absolutely brilliant. And of course, usually it says they try and capture actors uh, and actresses by saying this or that person is attached. Right. And right. Um, in this case, it said confirmed for all of these people by the time it got to Jamie Lee Curtis. And she was just like, what? <laughs> well, I mean, so she's like, that never happens. So she's like all those people going off to have, you know, an awesome time in Boston for three, you know, for three months shooting this movie or two months shooting this movie is, uh, was an amazing experience. And all of those actors were already attached and that just almost never happened. So she was just like, it's done deal. I have to be there. I mean, it is a very stacked cast for sure. And um, I'm sure that we can talk about the acting in this movie a little bit later on. So um, Chris, just start out. Are you a big fan of murder mysteries? I, I am. If I, I don't seek them out, I should say, but I think everyone's, you know, a fan or, or so of, of any kind of, mystery especially uh, this one which takes so much from i would say clue yeah they even reference the game directly uh-huh. he's it's basically like, saying he lives in this a clue board. basically a giant clue board <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean i i don't seek them out either you know when i watch mysteries they tend to be a little bit more of the r-rated thriller variety you know think like I don't know, taking lives or even something as awful as like murder by numbers with Sandra Bullock, you know? So, I mean, Mm. that's, that tends to what I like, I gravitate toward, but I do really love clue. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. This is definitely more clue and less Zodiac. Right. So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, I certainly don't read a lot of mystery novels, you know, and the ones that I have, I haven't really liked, I think because I can't really figure out the ending. Right. And, you know, I mean, that's the whole point of watching a mystery is trying to figure out and solve the the crime or whatever. And I'm just like famously bad at that shit. 
So I just, <laughs> so I'd rather not watch a movie if I can't guess it. You know, I feel like I've lost a game in some way. Don't get locked in a panic room with Robert. <laughs> God, we'd be playing another game at that point. But so, yeah, I um, I had some pretty high expectations for Knives Out, though. Like I said before, it had a huge media blast, right? It seemed like we got a trailer for this movie way back in early summer. And when they start talking about like the cast, I think that it really got a lot of people excited. And, you know, the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving, it had a lot of advertising going on, both on social media and television. And then people were posting all over Twitter about how good it is and how much they loved it and and whatnot. And so I was super excited to see this movie. Yeah. And you know what? It was very well produced. It was well acted. It was well directed. It was well paced. You know, um, and it's it was unique. I found it very unique in the fact that it kind of shows its cards very, very early, which I did not expect. You kind of know who done it, you know, at the almost at the very beginning. But it's a very twisty road. I think in the, inside the film, they, they reference it to rather than kind of a linear endpoint of, you know, who did this, but how did it get to this point and what are all the interesting little plot pathways that got them there? Right. And so he re- refers to it as the donut, right? There's the donut hole. Right. And they're trying to kind of figure out, you know, what's missing and, and whose motivations, because everyone has a motive and it's just a, it's a fun ride. Um, it's uh, I, I do kind of wish that it was a little bit more ambiguous as to, you know, who actually killed um, Christopher Plummer's character uh, at the beginning, you know, to, to kind of keep that as an open possibility for the final act. But I can see that everything kind of hinges on the audience really knowing that. So it's very unique in that in that way versus something like clue where you literally are looking for the killer the killer you know this is a little different than that it's hard to explain without them having seen it right i don't want to give it away and this is like one particular hot take or one particular episode of the film flamers that i feel very strongly about not spoiling the end of a movie you know if you have a whodunit or a murder mystery that's that yeah the whole point of it is the mystery right and so i would feel like i would feel like a total dick if i just was like when here's what happened so. Also, if we tried to explain it, it would probably take us like 25 minutes and we probably wouldn't do a good job. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about this movie is that fact alone. It has a really good premise and a very good script, right? I think it's And a- it's very complicated, yeah. except that they make it seem so simple mm-hmm. because of the storytelling. So it was done really well. And I went in not having really high expectations because I have beef with Ryan Johnson because I'm a stupid, dirty fanboy, you know, but I put that aside and I watched the film and I really enjoyed it. Of course, you went in with much higher expectations, I think. Yeah. I mean, when you have a cast like that, you know, and it looks clue-esque from trailers, you know, I think that my expectations were set at a very, very high bar and um, I, I need to learn as You've pointed out to me on other episodes that I need to just lower my expectations just a little bit, because otherwise you might not enjoy the movie as much as you would if you went on some sort of blind watch, right? And um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I thought it was a good movie. I just didn't think it was great. You know, like there's all this Oscar buzz for this. People keep talking Oscar or award season coming up. And I'm just like, oh, I don't see it. I don't see uh, maybe um, writing a best original screenplay. Yeah, and it was pretty to look at. So, I mean, maybe some sort of cinematography or something like that. But, I I mean, like, I didn't think that there was any... I mean, there was some really good acting in this movie, too. But I wouldn't call it, like, award-worthy. Well, it almost 
wasn't enough for any one actor to do, you know, that was exactly, you know, because there's such a huge ensemble. And that's, that's it too. I was just like, you know, I think some of the best acting happens in the first like part of the movie when like they're doing interviews with the detective. And I was just like, that was really the only time that a lot of these actors had to, to shine. And, um, and I thought they did a good job at that point. You know, at the very first of the movie, I was like, okay, this is going to be great. But as the movie went on, I found myself getting a little bored. And oh, really? I think maybe a lot of that was something you've already said is that, you know, you sort of think that you have everything figured out right away because the movie sort of tells you. And I was just like, okay, so where's the mystery? Right. And it wasn't until that final act when, you know, the mystery sort of picks itself back up and, you know, the the whole middle part is just some sort of investigation on something that seemed like a pointless investigation to begin with to me. Right. I really wish that they had made it a little bit more wacky, too. I just wanted something more from this, like. They had an even tone, but it was almost too even. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a little bit more of a dark comedy or a little bit more wacky or this or that. Like he was playing the piano key whenever someone would lie, you know, but they like they dropped that and they didn't do it again. And it's like that could have been a really good like comedic cycle, you know, like to keep doing something. And that's just one example. There was a lot of opportunities for comedy that they just didn't really follow through on because they 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 really wanted to play it straight as much as possible while still being amusing and a comedy in the lightest sense of the word. Yeah, I was really expecting to laugh out loud a whole lot more than I did. And I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was on the list of things to talk about. While watching this movie, I kept thinking to myself, God, I wish this were funnier. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, if I if I were laughing more, I might feel a little bit more engaged because the premise is funny and the characters are funny as, you know, sort of one dimensional or whatever as they are. You know, you have a whole greedy family traipsing around some big clue board mansion. And I was just like, I really should be laughing my ass off right now. Yeah. And I saw Jamie Lee Curtis was trying to kind of bring it a little bit in every moment she could get. Um, I loved her line where she was like, hello, like, like in the interview and he's sitting in the background, not yeah. introducing himself. <laughs> She's like, I know you who you are. I read your profile in the New Yorker. I thought it was delightful. I just buried my 85 year old father yesterday. Why are you here? <laughs> you know, her delivery was great. And I wish they had used more of her. I think the the biggest comedy probably comes from Tony Collette. Yeah. Amen. And she does it well. I mean, Tony Collette is funny. Chris Evans was great too, though. in those behind yeah, scenes. He's so pretty though. You know I mean? Like, it's just like, I don't really expect a lot of acting from him ever. And then when he delivers good acting, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You know, you're not just some pretty boy. You you can actually do things. Oh, no, he's a heavy lifter. He can be. I mean, his work in Sunshine and uh, Snowpiercer and a bunch of other movies outside of Marvel are great. And he's good in Marvel, too. So I really think my favorite performances in this movie came from Daniel Craig and Christopher Plummer. As, as very briefly as he was in the movie. Yeah, I, I really appreciated Daniel Craig's um, thick Southern accent. It was a little too thick, but he did a good job, you know, and Christopher Plummer, it's always great to see him. He's, you know, it's always fun to see him play because he's just a master at his craft. Mm-hmm. And even if it's the most subtle things, he can do it. And he can shift from utter seriousness to playfulness all in one beat, you know, and he has to do that. And he is he's probably the most important role to sell what's happening 
you know, because it's so easy for the audience to turn against him, and they don't with what he does, and before he's he loses his life. So I don't know. I, I thought he especially did a great job, and he had the hardest job to do. Yeah, and one of the briefest to do. And also, I was pleasantly surprised by Anna de Armas. Like I had never even heard of her before, but. Um, I'm going to start calling her Little Elijah Dushku because that's exactly what she looked like to me in this movie. <laughs> now, she was in Blade Runner and she did an amazing job in Blade Runner 20, uh, 2049. Oh, I was going to say, I haven't seen that one yet. I was My mind immediately went to the first Blade Runner. I was like, no, she wasn't. She was probably like a zygote, <laughs> if anything, at that time. <laughs> no, she was in Blade Runner and she did an amazing job. There's one scene in particular in Blade Runner, if you haven't seen it, where she has to... She's a hologram character that's kind of serves as a companion for the main character, Ryan Gosling. And so she basically, because hi- they can't touch, so she basically hires him like a streetwalker mm-hmm. to come up and have sex with him. So she has to like merge her hologram over this other actress. And so they had to completely, the effect is mesmerizing because every once in a while you can see her form outside of the other woman's and and it's just really trippy and the, the 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 amount of choreography that had to go into that was just amazing it's uh it's one of the best or better scenes um in film that i've seen in a long 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 time that sounds intriguing i, I probably need to watch that movie i'm sure um i mean but other than that i just don't i don't really have a whole bunch else to say about knives out i know um i know my husband would really enjoy this movie i think out of anybody i know in the world i think he would like this very much and i can't even say why really but it just seems like something that he would enjoy um i just like like we had said earlier i wished it were funnier i kind of wished it were r-rated you know maybe but yeah it is what it is yeah and and i gave it i think i ended up giving it a 3.5 and it sounds like you would give it more of a three. I gave it a three stars on Letterboxd. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's not not a terrible movie. You know, it's not something that I would run out and watch again. Um, but, I mean, for what it is, it's, you know, a fun ride. And it's a really good opportunity to see actors and actresses that I appreciate do, a, you know, a, a smaller part. So. Well, I will be seeing it again because it's a very fast moving, smart script. And I am sure that I missed some great lines and some interesting innuendos and things happening in the background, as well as it's always interesting to go back and see a mystery knowing everything from the get go. It's almost like watching two different movies. So I definitely plan on revisiting this. Um, maybe not anytime soon, though. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll give it a couple years maybe before I rewatch. So, guys, um, tell us what you think about Knives Out, uh, if you've seen it, and let us know what you think about our discussion of it here in the Hot Take. You can do that on social media, at the Film Flamers, on Twitter, Facebook, even Instagram. Or you can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or call us at 972-666-7733 and let us know what you thought over our voice line and we will put it on the air on our next Shooting the Flames episode. That's right. We'd love to hear the sound of your voice. Um, and also head over to patreon.com slash thefilmflamers where you can check out all of our bonus content. We have another Flamers flashbacks coming up this month and it is one of Chris's favorite movies that we'll be talking about. It will be The Lion and winter celebrating christmas on christmas (laughs) so a little break from horror during the holiday season or maybe it's going to be incredibly horrific i don't know i haven't seen it yet so (laughs) but you'll love it i just know it i'm sure i will it has i mean on paper it's it's gonna be great i've read the play so i know i know i'll like it 
Well, I think that about wraps up our hot take. Stay tuned through the month of December. We're going to be covering the, some would say, original slasher classic, or slashic, if you want to use that word, Black Christmas. And we'll be counting down our top 10 picks for greatest horror slashers ever. Well, until our next episode, everyone. Sweet dreams. dreams.